views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Good evening, and thank you for joining me for Here's the Thing. I am your host, Lauren Cardinal. If you want to change your life, it starts with changing your mind. And that is particularly true as we get ready to discuss tonight's topic. So thank you for listening now um, live on Oldies 107.9 WOLD, now serving even more of Central Jersey at 95.1 FM. And recordings of the show are played on 97.5 in Sussex County on Saturday mornings. This show, Here's the Thing, is about you and for you. I am a certified life coach and clinical hypnotherapist, and we talk about what's important to you. So if you have something to ask or share, please do. In the meantime, thank you for listening live. Thank you to my podcast listeners. I am excited to be here with you tonight. And I want to welcome all of my new listeners as well as my regular listeners. So let me ask you, are your beliefs poisoning your potential? Hmm. Beliefs from the foundations of our expectations. They form them all of our expectations, and our expectations help us to better understand ourselves, understand others, and the world around us. The expectations help us feel more certain about our future, which makes us feel safe and secure. The beliefs that we have may have protected us when we were young, and that's why we hold on to them for so long. As an adult, however, the beliefs may not serve us in the same way. They may even be a hindrance. If your life has changed, but your beliefs have remained constant, you may be feeling stuck in the present time. So tonight we're going to discuss how we form limiting beliefs, why they stick around, and what we can do to change them in order to really live up to our potential. So if you'd like to call in, the number is 732-748-1079. I'm going to talk for a bit, and then we'll take uh, we'll take your calls just after the break. So first off, tonight's show is brought to you by Full Recovery Wellness Center. Full Recovery is located in Fairfield, New Jersey. Whether you're struggling to get clean and sober or a 12-step old-timer or a family member of a recovering alcoholic or addict, the Full Recovery Wellness Center offers the tools needed to succeed in recovery and in life. They have a dedicated and caring staff that understands that addiction is a complex illness that has biological, genetic, psychological, social, and developmental roots, and their treatment targets this entire range of factors. The goal is simple. Provide the tools that help people in recovery to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery offers outpatient and intensive outpatient treatment programs, as well as a free family dynamic workshop series. They focus on the individual and the family, 
to integrate recovery principles and spiritual concepts with leadership, relationship, and career skills to guide individuals to a life of contribution and prosperity. For more information, you can find them at 973-244-0022. That's 973-244-0022. Or find them online at www.full-recovery.com. So I'm asking this question also in relation to tonight's topic. And I did bring this up last week. And ask yourself if this is you. Is this me? Do you feel stuck? Are you stressed out? No time for you or your partner or maybe your kids. You want it all, but you feel you've lost yourself a bit. You want freedom. You want success. And you want to be happy. You don't want to fail and you're tired of wasting time. You need to do something. You've tried to figure it out on your own, but nothing changes, and you don't know what to do differently. And you need things to change, and now. If you don't know where to start, I've said it many times before, if you want to change your results, it starts by changing your mind. I do have a program that I'm offering now. The coaching program is called Mind-Based Results Coaching. It combines coaching, hypnotherapy, psychology, and neuro-linguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP, to produce a pragmatic, rapid, transformative, and lasting change. And it's a little different from traditional coaching in that it addresses the root cause of your issues and difficulties, not just the symptoms. Change takes place at the subconscious level, which creates a powerful emotional release and freedom from worry, stress, and pain. And that creates a powerful new belief system that allows you to heal and correct unaddressed issues so you can finally live your ideal life. See how it comes together with tonight's topic? If you're ready to stop suffering from the same hidden blocks, the never-ending challenges, the pain and fear that keeps you from creating the successful and fulfilling life that you seek, if you'd like to upgrade your self-confidence, your self-esteem and motivation, have more easeful action, improved performance, greater energy, greater stamina and focus, and feel relief from stress and anxiety, then mind-based results coaching might be for you. You can find out more information by visiting my website at www.laurencardinal.com or you can call at 973-418-2170. And you can always sign up to get my newsletter, which comes out on Thursday each week. And you can also get that at my web, on my website by signing up there, www.laurencardinal.com. I hope to hear from you. So last week's show, we talked about... Um, the winter blues and offered a number of ways to think, ways to perceive, even just taking a little time to stay inside and stay cozy. But the winter blues, for some, it's a little bit more. It might be on the borderline or well into seasonal affective disorder. And in those cases, it makes sense to reach out to your healthcare professional. In fact, if you're not sure where you are on that, it's a good idea to reach out to your physician. But for what we talked about, for the just the winter blues, the doldrums, some ways that you can work through that, even what I find to be the most beneficial and have heard back from some people is planning things for the future, whether it's planning a social event, planning to just get out of the house, or planning things for the spring and summer, even planning a trip, even if you can't take it right now, that that activity of planning for the future can really energize and lift us out of that, that winter doldrum mood. And if you'd like to hear that show again 
or if you'd like to hear it for the first time, or any of my shows, they're on my podcast listing, which is on my website. You can listen to them at any time, or you can find them through iTunes. And I think soon to, sp to be on Spotify. I'll let you know when that's confirmed. So in addition to welcoming listeners on 107.9 and 95.1, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK 97.5, broadcasting pre-recorded shows from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. And as always, you can listen to the show live on the Internet at WOLDradio.com, through the TuneIn Radio app on your phone, or the free Apple device app. So if you're just joining us, we're a few minutes in, but if you're just joining us, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and tonight we are talking about limiting beliefs, how we get them, why they stick, and how to change them for good. If you'd like to comment or ask a question as I go along, please reach out, 732-748-1079. So what are limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs are those beliefs that constrain us in some way. They hold us back. And just by believing them, we don't think, do, or say the things that they inhibit. And in doing so, we may be having a detrimental effect on our lives. Beliefs are conditioned perceptions that are built upon old memories of pain and pleasure. The memories are based on how we have interpreted and emotionalized our experiences over time. By attaching ourselves emotionally to people, to events and circumstances, we effectively build the foundations of our belief systems. And these belief systems are, therefore, nothing more than essentially the psychological rules or commands to our nervous system that shapes our thoughts and filters our experience of reality. And it's these commands that influence what we consciously delete or distort or generalize as we go about our days. Beliefs are essentially assumptions that we make about ourselves, about others, about how we expect things to be in our world. We have all these theories and ideas and explanations about how things are and how they ought to be. Likewise, we make all these conclusions about life and about other people, all of which help us make better sense of the world. In other words, we use beliefs as anchors that help us express our understanding of the world around us. Beliefs form the foundations of our expectations, and these expectations help us to better understand ourselves, to better understand others, and to better understand the world around us. They help us feel more certain about our future. It's kind of bringing in that, that left brain part, right? About that the left brain thinks about the future where we may have tendency to feel a little anxious about things in the future. When if we can feel certain about things in the future, it helps us feel more safe and secure. And as a result, we hold on to these beliefs. Whether or not they serve us in the present moment, which, of course, all comes back to the need for certainty. We all crave a sense of certainty. It provides us with peace of mind, helps reduce stress, anxiety, and fear, all left brain. 
It's a fundamental human need that builds the foundation of all of our belief systems. But it's important to know that beliefs are not facts. They're not facts. However deeply ingrained beliefs are, they can be mistaken as facts, but they're not. The beliefs are often nothing more than conclusions we've drawn based on our childhood experiences. And I, I know I've mentioned this before, but because we're talking about the subject of limiting beliefs, I want to go over this in detail because we have the time tonight, right? You see, beliefs are formed sometime between the ages of roughly 8 and 12 years old. And there are five ways beliefs can be formed. They are through authority figures, and authority figures can be parents, they can be teachers, they can be religious leaders. They could be aunts and uncles and grandparents. Any person in your world at that age that would be considered an authority whose words you take as truth. Another way is through our peers. Peers have a tremendous influence on what we believe about ourselves. And at that age, between 8 and 12, I guess at 10, 11, 12, we're going into those middle school years which can be very tough years. So we are susceptible to what peers are saying because everybody just wants to fit in. Another way is through repetition. If something, whether it's through peers or authority figures, if something is repeated over and over again. Another way a belief is formed is through experiencing a highly emotionalized event and what you concluded, what kind of conclusions you drew about yourself as a result of that highly emotionalized event. It's like it makes an imprint. For that, it doesn't need to be repeated. One time is enough to form that belief. And the fifth way that a belief is formed is during an altered state, like meditation or prayer or hypnosis, something that you go into willingly that altered state. And an altered state may be a high degree of, let's say, daydreaming. But in those cases, you're really thinking about positive things. The daydreams, as we classically think of daydreams, are positive, right? So examples may include a teacher who gave you a label. If you misspelled a word in front of the class and your friends made fun of you, that may be a highly emotionalized event. If classmates called you ugly or fat or four eyes, I mean, take your pick. There are a variety of them, a large variety of them. And at a young age, any of those, any of those can count as a highly emotionalized event. Now, there are many positive beliefs that are formed during our younger years as well. But we're not talking about those tonight. We're going to focus on the ones that are holding you back because they don't serve you. Certainly not for your highest good as an adult. Back when you were a child, when we were all children, the beliefs that we formed may have served us. And that's why we've held on to them for so long. But as an adult, the beliefs don't necessarily serve a purpose. And as I said in the beginning, they may actually become a hindrance as they're no longer compatible with our life or our circumstances. 
Our life may have changed, but if our beliefs haven't, that can create that feeling of being stuck where you are, not knowing what to do. What is not working? I can't seem to make this change. I see the goal. I want to get there. I know it's possible, but something is preventing me from getting there. There is something, an internal belief that warrants taking a closer look at. And there's something else. Beliefs are often entangled in language patterns. For example, if there's a word for something, then there's probably an accompanying belief associated with that word. And therefore, you create your own reality through the use of language. And that can trap us within a world based upon that perception rather than fact. Remember, the beliefs aren't necessarily facts. They're conclusions we draw. So how do these beliefs become ingrained? Well, over a lifetime, our beliefs are ingrained into our nervous system due to repeated situations that essentially prove their legitimacy to us because we experience them. And throughout our life, throughout our lives, we collect facts. We collect evidence, so to speak, and references that help us form our idea of reality. And over time, we build up more references through the use of our imagination through the knowledge we acquire, and through personal experiences, and through the influence of our peer groups and the authorities. It's all so much information that our minds can't possibly take it all in. It actually does take it all in, but it has to sort through it, otherwise we'll go crazy. And the information gets filtered, or sorted, by the things that we already believe or have started to believe further ingraining them as a belief. The other experiences and thoughts that don't that aren't in alignment with, with what we've already started to believe, they just get tossed away. So if you have a belief, a negative belief that has started to form, your experiences, you may pull from those experiences, oh, that fits, oh, that fits, oh, that fits. Oh, that good thing that happened, that doesn't fit. That gets tossed away. That could never be because this fits and this fits. So while we hold on to these opinions, when we're young, we're still flexible when it comes to our expectations. But through the process of repetitively thinking and acting out these things in real life, our opinions solidify and eventually turn into beliefs. And the beliefs are somewhat flexible in the early stages. And over time, as we keep collecting more references, more information that support each of these beliefs, they grow stronger and more robust and stable. And eventually, over time, we reach a certain age in the evolution of each of these beliefs where they become so deeply ingrained and rooted in our nervous system that our expectations are solidified. And this, in spite of overwhelming contradictory evidence or facts that proves otherwise, we still stay stuck in that conclusion, that belief. And when that we have that experience where we cannot be rocked, we cannot be shifted, that's the stage when a belief turns into a conviction, which is pretty powerful. And we may have beliefs about rights or duties, abilities, permissions. The list goes on. But the limiting beliefs are often about ourselves 
and our self-identity. The beliefs may also be about other people and the world in general. In any case, sadly, the limiting beliefs do limit us. Examples of some phrases that might help you be aware if, or someone else, become aware if a limiting belief is surfacing or there or bubbling or percolating. If you hear or say, I always or I never. These extremes are, for me, often easy to challenge because very rarely is something either always or never. I usually ask, never? Not once? Ever? Just to challenge that because as long as the always or never can be misproven, disproven once, it doesn't exist. The always and never doesn't exist. It was taken as fact, but it's just a belief. Another example is to say I do or I don't. We may define ourselves by what we do or don't do. I might say I'm an accountant, which means I do not do marketing and should not even think about it and consequently fail to sell my services well. Another common limiting belief is around how we judge ourselves. We think, I don't deserve. And on that note, let's take a quick break. Back in a moment. there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey. The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive Badge of Honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state-licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center, located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. 
Hello and welcome back. Tonight we're going to discuss how we form limiting beliefs, why they stick around, and what we can do to change them in order to really live up to our potential. So if you'd like to call in, the number is 732-748-1079. I'm going to talk for a bit and then we'll take, uh, we'll take your calls. I am intelligent or I am not intelligent. Either belief may stop me from seeking to learn. I am also leads to generalization. For example, where the phrase I am stupid means all of me is stupid and all of stupid is all of me for the very same reason. I am is great to use with affirmations for that very same reason. And we'll get to that in a bit. But just so you know, whatever follows I am follows you. Just keep that in mind. Another limiting statement, statement that indicates a limiting belief is that others are or others will. Just as we have limiting beliefs about ourselves, we have limiting beliefs about others, other people and how the world works. So how much strength does a limiting belief have? Does a belief have? Our beliefs are the core of who we are. They influence every aspect of our life in every conceivable way. For instance, our beliefs determine our expectations and perceptions of reality. They influence our level of intelligence and the impact of the decisions we make or the choices we fail to even realize are possible to make. There's a quote by Les Brown that says, the only limitations are the ones that you make. And that's absolutely true. Our beliefs determine the flow of questions we ask ourselves throughout the day. And those questions can either be helpful or unhelpful. They can help us solve problems or they can create additional ones. The questions we ask and how we ask these questions is dependent on the belief system we hold. And that likewise influences our ability to think creatively, constructively, and critically. Beliefs also determine how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about others, how we feel about the events and circumstances of our lives. Understanding how our beliefs influence our feelings is fundamental because they often disguise what's real and instead present us with a false view of reality that only exists in your imagination. And sometimes you may see that or experience that if a friend tells you, but what are you talking about? That's not who you are. You're crazy. You're one of the smartest people I know if you say something like I'm stupid. So, again, challenging that as fact. It's just a belief. It's not a fact. So our beliefs essentially influence the large portion of the decisions we make and the actions that we take. They form the foundations of our self-concept, which determines how we see ourselves in relation to the world around us. The labels we give ourselves, the limitations we put on ourselves, and the expectations we have of ourselves are all built upon our belief systems. And if they're not aligned with the goals and objectives that we want to accomplish, then we will feel stuck or unfulfilled and miserable. So why do we limit our beliefs? Well, experience is one reason. A key way that we form our beliefs is through our, our direct experiences, and we act, something happens, and we draw conclusions. Often the beliefs are helpful, but they can also be very limiting, particularly when we're young and have few experiences that we may form false and limiting conclusions. And we also do it as a protective measure, something to... Uh, if something we've experienced, it feels harmful or just doesn't feel right, we form a belief that creates sort of a barrier 
And it can be something physical or emotional or a way that we respond to things that is that protective barrier. And that can stay with us. And you can imagine that, I'll give you an example of the limiting belief that is formed at a young age with somebody that, for protective purposes, that dealing, per se, with, with family members, those that are close to them on a consistent basis. And it isn't safe. There are a variety of experiences that people can have in their lives that create an, a less than safe environment in the household. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be physical harm. It can just be, it can be emotional or it could be verbal abuse. It could be alcoholism in the family. Like I said, there are a variety of reasons that we think it's unsafe. So we protect ourselves. And a child might protect themselves by saying, oh, well, we need to have a barrier around us. And it may be creating a fortress in their room. And as we get older, that fortress doesn't make sense. So we create the fortress in our bodies. And we create that protective barrier by keeping on additional weight. Now, obviously, in our adult lives, the goal may not be to have that extra weight. That doesn't serve us in our adult lives. And we know what we want. We want to be 20 pounds lighter, let's say, and can't seem to get to that point where we can get the weight off. Well, we're doing everything that we can in terms of the food and the exercise, but for some reason that weight is holding on. Because at an emotional level, it's creating that protective barrier. There are other ways other ways other than hypnosis to address this additional weight. I just know hypnosis works effectively and quickly to address and change those beliefs. It is, after all, an altered state. So another way why we limit our beliefs is that they can be an excuse. One reason that we use that faulty logic and form limiting beliefs is to excuse ourselves from what we perceive to be our failures. When we do something and it doesn't work, we often explain away our failure by forming and using beliefs that justify our actions and leave, up, leave us blameless. It's just a little bit easier. Easier in the, the short term, a little bit more difficult in the long run. But it is a protective, a protective barrier. And fear. Limiting beliefs are often fear-driven. Locking in the belief in place is the fear that if we go against the belief, our deep needs will be harmed. And there's often a strong social component to our decisions. And the thought of criticism and ridicule or rejection by others is enough to powerfully inhibit us. We also fear that we may be harmed in some way by others. And so avoid them or seek to appease them. And I'm going to bring up something that I've mentioned before just because it fits in here so nicely. I brought this up when we did the show on fear. Since we're talking about fear and how it can help reinforce or create limiting beliefs, I'm going to mention it again because I think it exemplifies that point. Perhaps you remember the example that I gave back in the fear episode that's something that Jim Carrey said in a speech at one point. And this isn't necessarily verbatim. But he said, your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. Our eyes are not only the viewers, they are also the projectors that are running a second story over the picture that we see in front of us all the time. And fear is writing that script. And the working title is, I'll Never Be Enough. And just so you know, I'll Never Be Enough is absolutely a limiting belief. 
He goes further to say you spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about the pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here and the decisions we make in this moment which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our paths out of fear disguised as practicality. And you know if you do that. I know when I've done that. Absolutely. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect. So we never dare to ask for it, to go for it. So if we ask ourselves, how will we serve the world? That's all we have to figure out. And he goes on to say, I can tell you that the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. You can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. He also, in another speech, he says, because if we lose our dreams, what do we have? And it is at that moment to make that decision to go for it. It really is addressing that fear. I get it. I totally get it. So, so what? There's also the question of whether limiting beliefs are actually good for us and whether they keep us from harm. In practice, some beliefs which limit us are actually valid and are worth keeping. But the problem is often telling the difference. Which ones are based in fear and practicality, limiting our lives, and which ones really are protecting ourselves. And as you grow, you'll know, because your goals and what you're experiencing will be different. There's a block there. So at that point, you'll know that there's a limiting belief there rather than something that's simply serving to protect you. Something that protect you, like heights and things like that, there are things that are valid for protecting you. And you'll know. So your beliefs, your limiting beliefs can potentially manifest in certain ways. And some of those ways are when you make excuses, when you complain about things, when you indulge in negative thoughts, when you indulge in unhelpful habits, when you talk to yourself in limiting and negative ways, when you jump to conclusions or make assumptions, when you hesitate or express your fears, when you worry about failure or about making mistakes, when you worry uncontrollably for what seems to be no apparent reason, when you think about procrastinating, when you think about indulging in perfectionism. Those are all times when you have an opportunity to question whether a limiting belief is there. Now, if you're just tuning in, it is, this is Here's the Thing. I am your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about limiting beliefs, how we get them, why they stick, and how to change them for good. So if you want to... Uh, comment or ask a question or share something, please call in 732-748-1079. So we talked about how we get them. We talked about how they stick. It's time, I think, to start talking about how we can change them for good. So in order to change them, we have to understand a little bit more about them. And so there are some questions that you can ask to bring the ideas or what's going on into your conscious awareness. Because the idea is if we can name it, we can tame it, right? So what resistance am I feeling inside when I think about achieving this goal? That's something you can ask yourself. Why can't I overcome certain challenges to achieve my goal? What's holding me back? What specifically is getting in the way? 
You can ask yourself, what unhelpful habits am I indulging in? Or how am I thinking about this situation that might need to change? What am I saying or doing to myself that's holding me back? Here's another important one. What excuses do I tend to use? And what do they mean? Why do I make them? Why do I think this is too hard or too difficult? What is stopping me? What kind of things do I tend to complain about or blame others for? Blame is a big one. Because in order to move on, there really is the opportunity to understand how the, the limiting beliefs found their way into our lives. Kind of the, how did I come to form this particular limiting belief? What has made me hold on to this belief for so long? And understanding, by looking back, how these beliefs came into existence can help you work them, work through them more effectively. And they are linked to childhood memories and experiences. And unlocking those memories may help you to let go of some of those specific experiences and maybe even forgive certain people that did you wrong. And you may also possibly find the courage to forgive yourself. That is a big component of it. I deal with that frequently with clients. Self-forgiveness, that's the big one. Another reason why it's important to search for the origins of your limiting beliefs is that every belief you hold on to has a set of, let's call it references that support it, experiences. And by understanding the origins of the belief, you put yourself in a better position to pinpoint those references that have been feeding the belief. And in order to help pinpoint, you can ask yourself, what knowledge supports this belief? What life experiences support this belief? What intense emotional experiences support this belief? And how have I held on to this belief in my imagination over the years? They're big questions, but they're worth being asked. And I also want to mention to you, as we go into what we can do to change the beliefs, the beliefs take only moments to form. Over the years, they have formed, yes, but they've taken only moments to form, maybe several, but they've only been moments. Decisions made, conclusions formed. And just because you've been experiencing them for your entire life doesn't mean it'll take that much time for you to change the belief. If you can get to the heart of where the belief is formed, if it only took a moment to form the belief, it will only take a moment to change the belief. It can only take a moment to change the belief. In my experience, that's most effective with hypnosis, and we'll get into that. Affirmations are also good, um, but let's get to that. So if you think back to when you first had the belief, that limiting belief that, that you're experiencing, when did you first believe it? What happened for you to believe it? Were you told to believe it by someone? Was it a parent, a teacher? or maybe someone who wasn't thinking kindly about you? Was it based on an experience? Did you try something once and fail and then form the belief that you were incapable? Or that other people think in certain ways? Also consider what concerns or frightens you, and so it limits you. What do you fear? Why do you fear it? And what beliefs led you to those fears? It's also important to mention that each of your limiting beliefs does serve a purpose. They're there because they were to protect you for some, from something. 
and the something often manifests as a form of pain. So it has served a purpose. It's just a matter of having your beliefs serve you for a higher purpose or in a different way so that you're still protected, you still feel safe, and your subconscious will do that. That's the job of your subconscious, right? To protect you and to keep you happy. It's just a matter of exchanging it for a different set of beliefs. So you're also protected and happy, uh, but in a different way. So moving forward, it's critical to determine what you're gaining by holding on to each of your limiting beliefs. Ask yourself, what benefit am I getting by holding on to this limiting belief? What's the benefit? There is a benefit. There will always be a benefit because all parts of us are there to serve us. So understanding what that purpose is, what that benefit is, what good intention the belief provides you with. And ask yourself, what value are you gaining by holding on to this belief? There's a value. There may be a higher value by changing the belief, but what's the value that you're currently getting? Maybe it is to make an excuse so that you don't have to put yourself out there and deal with the fear. What is the fear protecting? The fear is protecting the pain from criticism, perhaps. I'm just going on this as an example to see how this can manifest, how you can track it back to what's really going on, the need, the protection from the pain, and the kind of pain that's being protected. And it's important to note that some of your limiting beliefs may have some basis in reality. They may not only be based on assumptions, but some facts. And if they're based on facts, then you'll need to treat the beliefs as problems that must be solved. They are, in essence, the physical obstacles that you must go around to clear the path to your goals. So there's one more thing that I want to mention before you start creating a set of empowering beliefs and addressing to make the change, the transformation. And the one that, it's one thing that requires you to convince yourself of three things. That the responsibility for change rests in our hands. That change happens instantly when we're committed and that things must change now. And keep in mind, it is an experience that change always only happens when the fear of what we might change to can't, can't possibly be worse than what we're experiencing now. That's when change happens. We're motivated by the change that way. Otherwise, we just stay where we are. Things are more comfortable, even in discomfort. It can be kind of a comfortable discomfort, if you know what I mean, because what's after the change could be far more uncomfortable, right? So we, we stay where we are, but when we, that, the fear of that change can't be worse than what we're experiencing now, we make that change. The responsibility for change rests in our hands. Change happens instantly when we're committed, and that things must change now. So, how to change those beliefs? Well, number one, and I'm just going to say it, appreciate how special you are. I'm going out there. There will never be anyone like you on this earth. You've been given special gifts and talents to share with the world. And while we all have special gifts and talents, no one will use them in the same way that you do. You have a way of being in this world that's unique to you. And I'm just going to say you're kind of a big deal. There is a quote. I don't know if I used it on the show. I know I've mentioned it to my son that um, depending on your beliefs in God, 
It was a quote that I found, and I liked it at the time, so I'm going to mention it. That God created mountains. God created this entire world. And he created you. So you're definitely here for something, and you're special for who you are. Okay, moving on. Yes, drown yourself in affirmations. They absolutely work. And you don't have to say them in a mirror. You don't have to hug yourself while you're doing it, unless, of course, you want to. But if you want to turn things around, you've got to rewire your brain and train it to think differently. Quote by Albert Einstein, it's your current thinking that got you your current results. If you want different results, you've got to change your thinking. Like they say at the start of every show, if you want to change your results, change your mind. It starts with changing your mind. And affirmations can do this. Find which affirmations have meaning for you and repeat them all day long, anytime, anywhere, out loud, in your head. The affirmation should strike an emotional nerve within you. The more it does, the more power it will have to bring about positive change. Remember, what follows I am follows you. An affirmation is always in the present. Not I will, but I am. It may feel in the beginning like you're lying to yourself, but the truth is you are living the lie. So the affirmations get you back to your truth. You have to feel it and want it and get worked up by it in order for it to work. And if any of your beliefs were formed by hearing the same thing repeated over and over, immersing yourself in affirmations does the same thing but in reverse. Positive repetition to create a new belief. Do things you love. When you constantly deny yourself the things you love, it sends a lousy message home. Look at your life and see where you're letting yourself down. If you're saying things like, I love to go to the movies, I can't remember the last time I went to one, it's time to make time. Really listen to how you speak and pay attention to what you do. Treat yourself like you're someone that you love. Mm -hmm. Smile on my face here. Another option, find a replacement and stop putting yourself down. We've gotten so used to our reactions that we never question them and take them for truth. Notice what you say to yourself and when you're being the most heinous to yourself, for example, if you snap at someone who didn't deserve it, or if you forget your father's birthday, or you haven't reached out to your friend in a, that's a need and you haven't done it in a long time, change the response. Replace that, ugh, I'm such a loser, with, what can I learn from this? And then, of course, and if apology needs to be made, pick up the phone and apologize. Be mindful here of how you speak of others. Your subconscious doesn't know if you're speaking of yourself or others when you talk and will accept what you tell it. Your subconscious is not the part of you that judges for right or wrong. It just sorts for quote-unquote like things and accepts. So speak kindly in general. It's all good for all parts of you. And please don't compare yourself to others. That's just detrimental in so many ways. Difficult to do. I get it. I get it. Go inside, get grounded, and re release the need for comparing yourself to others. And forgive yourself. This one is important. It's difficult, I know, but it is important. You've made errors. We've all made errors in the past, and we are going to make them again. Dragging around the guilt and the self-criticism is unhealthy and really, it's pointless. We're not better people for feeling sorry for ourselves. We're just sadder. If we want to be free, we have to put in the time. And we need, if we need to apologize to someone else, like I said, pick up the phone and apologize. And we have to forgive ourselves. Over time, 
they can be done. What about the other ways in which beliefs are formed? Beliefs were formed all that time ago by our experiences with authority figures and peers in our young life, right? And those people may not have the same influence over you now, but you've held on to the beliefs. And if we can't address those authority figures and peers directly, although we can in hypnosis, then we form new beliefs using the other ways. Well, what are the other ways? Well, we've already addressed repetition with affirmations, right? You can use repetition to change the belief by using affirmations. And the last way is through an altered state, which is meditation, prayer, or hypnosis. And yes, meditation has come up in yet another show. Meditation. Meditation in which you repeat your affirmation can be really effective also. Meditation with imagery is a lot like self-hypnosis. I know a number of people who use prayer every day as a meditation, a way to get grounded, to essentially take themselves out of the to-do list and take time for themselves. It can also be a way of connecting with your right brain, which we know is the presence it's about the present, and it's also about solution-seeking, creatively coming up with solutions. So prayer, meditation, and hypnosis, which is what I do. I already know about the effectiveness of hypnosis. I do it every day. So altered states are a way to change the beliefs. And as I mentioned, beliefs really can only take a moment to form. It doesn't take a lifetime to change them. I have seen in hypnosis, beliefs change as quickly as they were formed all those years ago. And once a belief changes, everything changes. Because you think there's the external world, right? And we have our certain selves that's present in this world, these certain beliefs. And who knows how many things in our lives have been affected by those beliefs, decisions that we've made, what we've limited ourselves to because of those beliefs. When that belief is changed, we feel more confident or we feel more powerful or whatever that belief is that changes, now we're bringing a different self to the world, those same external circumstances, but a different self. Just imagine how everything that's linked up to that different self is now different, whether it's just perception or an actual change. You're bringing a different you to the world. And because of that, everything is different, because everything is linked. It's just amazingly powerful. I often say that hypnosis is like affirmations on steroids, but affirmations absolutely work, absolutely, no doubt about it. I do want to mention a specific note that as you really start, as you start to really change your beliefs, particularly in this case with affirmations, because you're working them over time. Your old beliefs show up to challenge you, kind of like, the, like a stubborn child, which is really what they are, because they were formed when you were a child. And things happen. What do you mean by that? Well, for example, you make the decision to finally go out on your own and start your new business, and you get two flat tires. 
or you create a brand new studio in your house to pursue your creative dreams for painting or sculpting or whatever it is. And a tree lands on the roof in that section of the house in a windstorm. These are the things that easily could get you to say, oh, forget it, it must not be meant to be. And would force you to go back to your old limitations. Understand that this is the part of the process, that there is that period of time where those challenges come up, almost as if that, that limiting belief, if it could, but almost as if that limiting belief is saying, are you really serious about this? Are you really serious about this? Well, we're going to see. So I encourage you to stay strong. And if you find yourself faltering and about to say, forget it, give me a call. I'll talk you off the ledge. I know, this, I know how it goes. Been there. I've seen it. You can get through it. I also, quickly, I want to mention just a few quick phrases that I came across that really exemplify a limiting belief in action. So there are over 60 of them. I'm just going to read a couple of them. So how about, I'm good at starting projects, but I can't finish them. Nobody cares what I have to say. I don't have the time. People will judge me. I'm a creative, or I'm not creative. Oh, I'll sound stupid. Somebody has thought of this before. Other people can do it better than me. My idea is weird. It's not the norm. If I succeed, I won't be able to sustain it. I don't know enough. Ah, I'm not a numbers person, or I'm not a business person. I'm too old. I'm too young. People won't take me seriously because I'm female, or male, or young, or old, or thin, or short, or... Whatever it is, I don't feel like I could give enough value. I've tried it before and failed, so I'll fail if I try again, too. I can't because I have kids. Regardless of how hard I work at something or how well I might do, I'll never measure up. I don't know where to start. I wouldn't know where to start. I don't have the willpower. I'm just not motivated. I'm not smart enough. I can't do that. There's no point. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough support. I don't have the connections. I'm too shy. I'm too scared. That's just not me. I'm not tech savvy. I don't know what I want. Now is not the time. All of these things are an indication that limiting beliefs are in play and they are at the wheel controlling things. We are born knowing how to trust our instincts, how to breathe deeply how to eat only when we're hungry, how to not care about what anyone else thinks about us. We know how to play, create, dance, and love without holding back. As we grow and learn from the people around us, we replace many of these primal understandings with negative false beliefs, fear, shame, and self-doubt, and we wind up in emotional and physical pain. We numb our pain. We settle for mediocrity. Or sometimes we rise to the occasion and remember how truly mighty we are and set out to relearn everything we knew at the beginning all over again. While there are countless ways we rip ourselves off, there's one way in particular that is without a doubt the most rampant and the most devastating of all. We invest everything we've got in believing we're not good enough. We arrive here as perfect little bundles of joy and then set about the task of learning to unlove ourselves. Ridiculous, right? 
It's like we're born with a big bag of money, able to fund all of our dreams and desires, but instead, we invest in what other people believe we should invest in. And as we invest in their beliefs, our inner fortunes dwindle away. It's not until we reconnect with who we truly are and start investing in what's true for us that we start to live rich, full, authentic lives. Self-love, the simplest and most powerful thing ever, flies right out the window when we start taking in and processing outside information. I'm talking about a deep connection with our highest selves, an unshakable ability to forgive our lowest, to let go of guilt and resentment and criticism and embrace compassion, joy, and gratitude. When we're happy and loving ourselves, we can't be bothered with any BS, our own or anyone else's. So in closing, argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours, Richard Bach. It's not the events of our lives that shape us, but our beliefs as to what those events mean. Anthony Robbins. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Full Recovery Wellness Center, and I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to miss the show. More on how our thoughts create our lives. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey. The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive badge of honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. 